Coming to you from the Golden State, this is the Art for Everyone podcast. Bringing art back to the people, one episode at a time. And bringing you compelling guest interviews with inspirational artists. And now your hosts, professional artist and owner of Carini Arts, Michael Carini, and real estate guru, Vinny Enriquez. Hi, everyone. This is our first episode of the ArtCast. Uh, you want to throw a little meaning behind it, Michael? Well, so Vinny and I have done another podcast for a few years, kind of on and off, called The Sunny Side of San Diego. And, you know, you live, you learn, and we realized, hey, with me being a full-time artist, uh, I should probably be doing something art-related and talking about art a little bit more. And I had a situation in the past week or so where you and I started talking on the other podcast and we realized, Hey, maybe here's an opportunity for us to kind of shift over and kind of cater more towards having a dialogue about art, even though you, for example, your background is not in art, but we thought, Hey, here's a great opportunity to have everyday conversations about art with a professional artist and somebody that doesn't necessarily know as much about art, because as far back as I can remember, there were times that I recall hearing people say that they felt like art was a club or a, a society where not everybody was welcome. And I thought, you know what, let's create something where everybody is welcome to the conversation about art. So welcome to art cast. And reality is, is I, I, he's trying to be very nice. I don't know much about art. I mean, there's some, some artwork that I'll be like, Oh, I like this. I, I can see myself buying this, but for the, the most part, there's stuff that I just, don't even know, don't even listen, don't even listen to. So I'm gonna be coming with questions that Michael's gonna be like, oh my gosh, how does he not know this question? This is like the first thing you learn being an artist. Probably be like, but why? Is like, oh my goodness, why are you asking this? Is I'm just going, but come on, please, why? So no, thank- quite quite the contrary. I actually liked hearing you say that because that's the feedback I get from people sometimes. Well, I don't really know anything about it, but I like that. And there's nothing wrong with approaching it. It's like, I like that, or this is how this makes me feel. So I don't feel like people should have to have necessarily a certain degree of understanding or education about art to be able to enter the dialogue or to be able to make art. And I think that that's where you and I are going to be able to do something wonderful here that kind of separates us from the rest of the conversation. So we are the outcasts. We are the art casts. And I mentioned a scenario about a week ago that kind of stimulated this or was a catalyst for this. And what it was is I was approached by the San Diego Watercolor Society to be a guest juror for one of their shows. So a juror is essentially a judge for an art show. So uh, sometimes with shows, a jury shows, people can submit work. And the juror, which was going to be me in this case, decides what goes into the show and, and what doesn't. Now, I've always avoided being a juror for shows because I never wanted to make anybody feel like their work wasn't good enough. But I thought, you know, here's an opportunity to do some good and to create some community engagement. So I was kind of okay with the idea. And I'm more of an acrylic painter. So I was kind of surprised when the Watercolor Society came to me because it's a slightly different medium. But they said that they have recently opened up their medium to include acrylic so i was like okay you know they're kind of progressing with the way that they're doing things and this could be something fun and i want to be supportive of them kind of making that progress because 
my reservation with a lot of these groups and societies in the past has been that the way that I have felt or the things that I have witnessed have been that they're kind of these uh, close-knit groups and they kind of have this exclusivity. They don't necessarily make people feel welcome. They're very particular about what they let in, what they don't, what they deem as art and what they call uh, something else. And in many cases, it has been people that retire, that join these groups and they decide, you know, I, I want a hobby. So I'm going to, you know, start doing this. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with people choosing to partake in art as a hobby because they want to retire. I fully support that. But what happens is these groups of retirees in many cases start to become the authorities on certain subjects. It's like, you know, watercolor society it sounds prestigious. So it presents themselves as an authority on a subject. They have a bunch of funding. They have a bunch of backing. But they're very particular about what they let in. And I have not always agreed with that because I feel like art should be inclusive. It should be welcoming. It should be whatever people feel or want to put into the work. And so although I support them in the sense that they support the arts, I don't necessarily feel that they support the arts quite in the way that they could or should. And the way that this opportunity came about was that after kind of going through the initial processes of me signing my contract and coming to agreements with them, they determined that they didn't necessarily feel that I was a good fit. Part of it, I think, was had to do with my medium, some of the techniques that I use. And then part of it had to do with the fact or the way that I present myself, some of the shirts that I wear and the fact that I just say, like, hey, I am me. And for those that don't so I think it's I mean, I don't know. The medium aspect of it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it sounds like a bullshit kind of response. I mean, I would say it's more about who you who you you showed yourself to be. And that's what probably scared him off, my assumption. I kind of feel like that. I feel like that was kind of an easier excuse for them to use so as not to offend me or to risk looking like they were discriminating against somebody. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not going to speculate. They did try to call me afterwards and wanted to have a conversation because they felt like they had been kind of cold to me. But at that point, I didn't really have anything to say. And it just kind of reaffirmed why I have avoided those types of groups in the past. Like, I, I appreciate and support their support of the arts, but I don't necessarily agree with the way that they do it. And I think that it's one of those things that does make a lot of people feel like they are not welcome to the conversation. And a big part of what I do is uh, my slogan, my saying is don't be afraid to be different, be afraid to be the same. And as an artist, I represent myself. Like I am my art, my art is me. And I even say, uh, I, I am the art that makes the artist. So I'm not necessarily even the artist. I am the art that makes the artist. I, I live the art. I breathe the art. You, so I, I think from your, your work, right, for the most part from your, your work and your perception, I think, online, right, is hard worker, right, running, I mean, shirt off. I know you can't do it now with some, some stuff going on. But, like, I would say hard worker, struggling, things like that, right? How much of you do you think that persona or that person – that you give out there plays into the people that buy your stuff. You know, that's an interesting thing. And I, I think that it changes too, because ultimately it's like, I don't try to convey a certain persona. Like I just am who I am. And so sometimes I am different things. Like I go through my periods of struggle. I go through my periods of success. Like I am in my eyes and in the eyes of many others, a successful artist. I have multiple galleries that I work with. I've sold stuff for high price points. 
I'm in a variety of collections, some celebrity collections. I have work in, I think, every state, dozens of countries. But sometimes success doesn't translate to the monetary. And art's a very interesting industry because in many industries, there's philosophies and practices and things that have been shown to work. In art, what doesn't work one day can work the next. And what does work one day cannot work the following day. And because my work is very much about struggle and the ups and downs, sometimes my audience shifts because people are like, well, you know, I liked him when he was like this, but I don't like him when he's like this. But I'm not here to be any one thing or what people want me to be. I am an organic piece of art. I am my masterpiece. And so I'm constantly changing. And because my work is about struggle, a lot of times the people that connect with my work are people that are kind of going through similar things, people that are struggling. And, and right now, it's a traumatic brain injury. And so I've been fighting to remember who I am lately, literally. And so as I'm fighting to remember who I am and I have people trying to tell me who I should be, who they want me to be, I'm very sensitive about that. And I'm very firm on just saying, you know what? I am deciding right now who I am, who I'm going to be. And with this opportunity to do this podcast, I'm, I'm so excited to do it and to do it with you. Your struggle, I mean, you're... I mean, I know the 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 core of how you started was based off of that incident. All kinds of stuff happened. You I mean you have it on your your arm, right? The tattoo you had it on your car. You kept your your new car, so like that, right? Yeah, exactly, right. So that's the core of it, the pain, right? <clears throat> Do you think you'll get to the point where if you get too successful, that basically the people that f follow your work because of the pain, because of the hurt, right? will lean away from you or is that what you're already talking about where they're like hey they want you to be this they want you to give you that give that pain because that's who they're kind of trying to like be with the pain with pain it's interesting you say that because i have had periods where things i don't want to say like just completely healed or got better but there were periods of less struggle and i did kind of notice at those times that sometimes the audience would shift a little bit or the reactions would be a little bit different and so it's interesting as an artist because it does on a subconscious level almost make you feel like you need to stay in that dark place because that's what people are responding to. But I've come to accept that there are going to be the ebbs and the flows and, and I want to be a happy person. The, the goal is to work through the struggles, to use the pain, to find that happiness, to find that peace. And I feel like that journey is never really going to end. So I don't, have this uh, fear of like, oh my God, I'm not going to be in pain at some point. <laughs> Trust me, there is a, there is always pain in life. And not to say that, you know, I'm focusing on the negative, but we all have our struggles and, and the struggles just kind of change. But, you know, just on the flip side of that, it's like, I'm in this struggle right now. And a week or two ago, I said, okay, well, we can lay here and we can die here. Or we can say, you know what, I'm going to do something about it because it's going to be up to me to kind of pull myself up. And art has given me this wonderful tool and this wonderful platform to be able to do that and to be able to share the messages. And so as we move forward with this podcast, we'll talk about the struggles, but we'll also talk about the successes. We'll talk very candidly about a, a variety of things related to art and in a number of facets and number of manners. We'll have some special guests on some other artists, some of the people and partners that I work with in terms of like, uh, my paint provider, maybe, or, or some of the successful artists that I've done shows with, maybe some gallerists will bring them on. So we'll talk about anything and everything. And I'm very excited to have you here as somebody that's known me for a long time, because you've kind of seen the progression of the journey. But I feel like we can really have a conversation that's never been had before. 
And it'll allow me to see things in a new way because sometimes I may forget the questions that people may have, but don't feel comfortable asking because they're worried like, oh, you know, this is going to make me look a little foolish. I think that those are the questions that need to be asked and the things that we need to talk about. So I, I love that we're kind of bridging the gap in the dialogue right now and we're kind of bringing those inside and outside opinions. Well, and you know what? I, I'm fine with looking foolish when it comes to art. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's multiple times where it looks foolish. If you, if you probably put, I don't know, 10 paintings in front of me and told me to put them, rank them in order of what sold for the most or is worth the most. I would probably fail by a long shot of right knowing that kind of stuff. I mean, the one well, thing that see, then that's, that's the thing. Hard. So we're in the same boat on that too, because you know, there, there's an interesting thing. I call it the Van Gogh effect. Yeah. But if you were to walk into say a coffee shop and say, you didn't know who Van Gogh was hmm. and Van Gogh's starry night, say you had never seen it before, but say it was on the wall, but hmm. there were a bunch of other paintings from other artists, like neighborhood artists of today in there. Yeah. You walked up, you looked at those. Would you necessarily know, like, oh my God, like this is this is the masterpiece? See, it, it all comes down to perception and an opinion because I, I love Starry Night. I love Van Gogh. Van Gogh is one of my favorite artists. But if you were just to objectively go up and look at a bunch of art and you didn't know that like this is the one that has been decided to be a masterpiece, you might have a completely different perception of it. But and then that's why I think the story that you're putting out there, right? And we're all putting some story, story out there, right? The story you put out there probably plays a big factor in basically why your piece is going to sell better than Joe Smith's piece over there, right? I mean, the story, I would think, would play that big of a factor, right? So it's like, it's it's telling your story, putting your story out there, and hopefully people relate to it, and then they relate to your art. That's definitely the connection part. In terms of the business part, it also comes down to longevity. How long have you been doing this? What's your track record? What's your history? Who have you sold to before? How much have you sold for before? So those will be things that we get into as well. So, But you mentioned, or we were talking a second ago about the idea of, uh, of looking foolish. But I was recording one of my audios the other day for one of my Instagram reels. And I mentioned that one of the biggest keys to success as an artist is just a willingness to repeatedly risk failure and looking foolish. And when I discover my best techniques or create my best work, it's oftentimes because I'm getting out of my comfort zone and I'm challenging myself to try something that may look foolish or that other people may not like. So it's really when it comes to art, it's a vulnerability thing. And I and I feel like if I have one tool to my benefit, it's my willingness to be maybe a little more vulnerable than most people, to be a little more honest, a little more candid, to just kind of tear myself apart and, and expose myself. Well, I think there's two kind of people in this world, right? There's probably two people, right, in this world. People that lean toward perfection, right? They see someone on social media. They're talking about how much, how millions they have, how perfect body they have, and they lean towards that and they go, oh my gosh, I want to be like that person. I'm going to follow that person. I'm going to watch that person. I'm going to do whatever I can with that, that person. And there's other people that basically want to basically watch those people that have that struggle, that are real, right, with us. And especially so much filters and things like that on social media, right? 
sometimes it's nice to have basically someone that's real like yourself, right? I mean, that's the 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 yin and yang. I still I see it in my real estate field all the time, right? There's some people that would rather go with someone that looks like they're just perfect. They're driving a car, even though it might be fake. It's not really a real car. They're they're leasing it or they're borrowing it, whatever kind of thing. But they go, oh my gosh, I want to work with that person, right? And the other person, then maybe he's more more real about it, the hustler or the one that's trying to nitty gritty down to the bone, right? So it's like do have kind of two audience out there. It's a matter of figuring out who's your, your demographic. And this is something that we used to talk about on the sunny side of San Diego a lot. The, the person that's trying to project the illusion is not real. That that's an image. Whereas we're trying to get down in, into the raw. And I think that the person, like what you were talking about, the, the person of like the perfection image in terms of the art industry, that's the person, the artist that says, Oh, I'm going to try this once. And I'm going to try to get it perfect. And it doesn't work out. So they quit. And then you have the reality of things. You have me, the person that's been doing this for decades. And the person that has failed time and time again. That had to hear no 30 times to get to a single yes. And the person that's constantly having to rebuild themselves. But it's the willingness to fail and keep going. That ultimately really leads to success in the art industry. Well, I mean... I guess how I, I see it from the outside, right? Yes, the failures and success, but I think it's also how you portray yourself, right? I think you're real, right? You're real about, hey, this is difficult. I'm trying something different or whatever it might be, right? But then you see people on like online for being artists and they're like, look at this chair, right? And it's just a chair, right? It's not that, but, but it's art. It's art, right? And that's the ones that are just like, I can just put it out there. I'm perfect. I mean, it's a different a different vibe. And I know this is from the layman terms, right? The layman kind of person over here that doesn't really know much about art. But I just see those two kind of people that say, hey, this is the realness, the struggle that you you give off relative to the people that are like, my shit don't stink. This is, look at this. This is a, a white paper right here. That's art. That's beauty. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's the change that we're trying to usher in here is because, and that was kind of my criticism with the scenario that I was just in is that, like I have my shirts that say uh, I just arted and stuff like that. So a lot of times, you know, I'll kind of approach it with a, a little bit of levity because I know the struggle to it. And so I just try to represent like I go to my art shows, my openings, and I wear my art shirts like, please buy my art. I'm not built for OnlyFans. Like I wear my funny art shirts because I'm trying to represent myself and who I am. And I'm a neurodivergent artist. I have Tourette's. And so uh, I'm also recovering from a traumatic brain injury. So my brain doesn't function the way that it once did. I don't think like other people. And so uh, it's challenging for me because it's like, you know, to be successful in an industry, you have to be able to connect with people. And sometimes I have a difficulty with connecting with anyone. Sometimes I have a difficulty even connecting with myself, but art has given me a platform to be able to explore that and to try to connect with people. And I think that it could be a wonderful tool to help other people connect and I want to let them know that you don't necessarily have to have the experience. Like maybe you're having a hard time right now with something. Maybe you're recovering from uh, something that you've been struggling with. Maybe something you shared, maybe something you haven't shared. But art can be a wonderful tool, a therapeutic tool, and a wonderful tool for mental health in terms of finding yourself and channeling new energies and moving into a new state that can be beneficial for you and your personal development and growth. How many times does it happen where someone's seen your artwork and they go, Oh my gosh, I just saw your piece right there. I loved how you were trying to talk about how birds, something ran, tangent that you're like, I was not looking to talk about that at all. I have no clue what they're talking about. Do you call them out on it or do you just let them, if that's what you see, that's what you see? 
I haven't heard that as much as you would probably think or as many as much as other people might think, because I think a lot of people uh, kind of come really more honestly come from your perspective of like, OK, like this is a person that does this for a living and has done it for a long time. I want to be careful with my words around them because I they don't necessarily feel comfortable being open about that or having that dialogue. So a lot of times people are apprehensive, I think, about having those conversations with me. And I'm more of an abstract artist. So a lot of times my imagery, my intentions may be a little more hid. But what I find really rewarding and really beautiful is that I will have people that come up to me and say, you know, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but this is how I feel about this. And this is what I see. And sometimes what they will tell me will be spot on with what I was thinking and what I was trying to do. And for them to be able to share that and to find that, I'm like, wow, you know, like sometimes I question myself, sometimes even after decades of doing this, I have that imposter syndrome where I feel like, you know, like, am I just pretending? Am I really real? Like, am I really, uh, you know, worthy of all this? And so uh, like that is like a really powerful thing when people come and, and share those experiences. And when they have a different interpretation of the work, I'm completely okay with that too, because I do try to create work that allows people to tell their own stories and work that will allow people to find their own voice for those that are still searching to find their own voice. Because I think we're living in a time where too many people have gotten used to being told who they are and what they need to do. And I'm trying to wake people up to becoming whoever they are and not necessarily into thinking what I think or believing what I believe, but to finding yourself to believing or coming to find whatever it is that you truly believe in your heart and soul and becoming the best version of yourself. <clears throat> well, so what are, what are some things you're really looking forward to? I know you talked about um, getting some of your colleagues on this platform. Uh, some of the people that you, you work with in the field. I mean, is what's your dream person that you can get on the platform to just talk shop? If you could just name someone, no, no, you don't have the, you don't have the connection with them yet, but if someone's listening right now, they have the connection, who would be your dream, dream person to have to talk about? You know, the truth is, is that I don't have a specific person because even if it's, you know, whether they're a large audience or a small audience, I think that everybody brings something unique to the table, to this conversation. And so I think that we have some real potential here and, and, you know, it took a long time to get here. But maybe it took a long time to get here because now is the time. And I do think, though, that the, the door has been opened. And I think that we can bring on some wonderful guests, get some very unique insights. So when we bring people on, it's not necessarily going to be trying to bring people on that think like I think or that think like you think. We're going to bring on people with different backgrounds, different philosophies. And we're going to allow people to, to speak their minds and to, to share their views and their approaches to art. And we'll try to bring you some resources and we'll try to discuss some things that can help others out there that are on the art journey, whether you're doing it as a hobby, whether you have never picked up a paintbrush before, but you want to, whether you're trying to learn certain techniques or whether you're trying to learn how to turn this into a viable career, because it is possible. It, it's something that I have done. It is getting more and more challenging with the cost of living. But uh, I have said that I will die on my shield if I need to going after this dream i will find a way to make it work and and i have made a vow and a commitment to do that and so i'm gonna find a way to make it work we're trying new things and we're gonna make it happen because i think it's important to show other people that it's possible 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think for street art, I think that'd be kind of a fun one. Someone that's doing street art would be a kind of fun one. And people listening, if you have, I mean, questions that you want to ask Michael, uh, I mean, comment, comment below, reach out. We're also, the plan is, I mean, over the next couple of months uh, to get this as a podcast right now, it's just strictly um, on, on YouTube, but the plan is to get it on the podcast and we're going to need your help. When we get to that point, we're going to need help to download it, share it, get people to, um, to, to listen to it. So it can help us out with the rankings, but we're, I mean, we're here for you. I'm going to come just like from curiosity, not knowing what's happening. Michael's going to come from being someone in the field. So hopefully we'll give you two ways of looking at this world and you might relate to me. You might relate to him. But you know what? Sometimes even uh, being somebody in the field, you know, you never really know all the answers still. Like I, like I said, sometimes I still feel like a day oneer when I do some of these things or when I approach certain opportunities. So uh, I think that it's important to share that and to say that nobody's ever really ready. Sometimes you just kind of got to dive in. And I feel like the reason that I've gotten to be where I am is just because of a willingness to, to look foolish, to look stupid and to just do what I got to do to get where I want to be. Cause the sooner I started taking the baby steps, the sooner I could move in the direction of my dream. Well, thank you guys for, for listening to us today. We're planning to get back here soon, get some more going again, comment uh, below, reach out to Michael. Uh, we want to hear your feedback and hopefully this can be something we're going to keep consistent. Yeah. So check out my shop, my blog, podcast, all that stuff, kariniarts.com. And we would love to know what you want to talk about. But we just mentioned yesterday after a conversation that maybe we were going to do this. And here we are today. So we hope to get up more episodes soon. But your support will definitely make it possible. Uh, I talk about the starving artist lifestyle. It's not necessarily a negative thing for me. It just means that I'm hungry, that I'm passionate, and that I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to make the dream work. So let's change the mentality. Let's change the conversation. And let's make people feel welcome. So if you got Facebook groups or a, a large audience or friends that are artists, invite them to join our conversations because we would love to hear what they think and what they want to talk about. And, and just because I'm, I'm in the real estate game, I have a real estate team in San Diego. Don't worry. I ain't, I'm not going to be talking real estate on this platform unless it organically brings up. I'm here just basically the talk shop with one of my buddies. Thanks, guys. No, no, no. I, I think that it's important to actually talk about that, though, because part of the reason that I've had to adjust my model to all of this is because cost of living and whatnot. So I, I think that real estate and, you know, we're, this is real life stuff. So we're going to talk about the real life stuff. So, you know, real estate and getting work in homes, you know, that's one of the things that artists need to do if they want to make a viable living doing this. So, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this organically develops because, you know, I, I feel like you and I think we know how it's going to go. But I think that it may take some twists and turns along the way. Thanks for listening to the Art for Everyone podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with your hosts, check them out on social media. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.